Welcome to the Solo 2.0 podcast, where two sisters, Jess and Rye, focused on health and hormone balance to help you step into that 2.0 version of you. Growing up, we heard all about hormones, sometimes more than we wanted, from our mom, who is a hormone health educator. As we got older, we rebelled and experienced our own health struggles and ups and downs. But today we have businesses helping people get in tune with their bodies, break free from restrictive eating and lifestyle habits, and learn how to balance their hormones naturally. So what can you expect from this podcast? Honest conversations and hot topics that should be more mainstream, like period health, cycle tracking, non-hormonal birth control, and our unique take on fad diets and trends that aren't always so supportive for women. Plus, interviews with health and wellness entrepreneurs making a big impact in the world. Ladies, it's time we align with our powers and redefine what healthy means to us. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Solo 2.0 podcast. This is Ryan, co-founder of Your Hormone Balance. And I'm Jess, holistic health coach and founder of Body Bliss by Jess. And today we're actually in person together for the first time in a very long time. Too long. I can't remember the last time we've done a podcast together. It was when we went to Greece, the play. Oh, yeah. And it was here. And it was like another one where we were like, oh, it's been forever since we've caught up. And we did a sister night. And then oh, we went. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I but that was that. like a few months ago for sure. Yeah. That was a while ago. And Jess is staying with me because I'm a big baby. And when Thomas is out of town, I don't like to be alone. But also, it's an excuse for her to come over and have a sleepover and bring Prash, my little niece who I don't get to see enough in the and, form of a pit bull. <laughs> and, and when I say I don't like to be alone, I love my alone time and like, I don't get enough of it, but I don't like sleeping in this house alone without like a pet or something. I don't know. I have like some weird thing about that. No, that I, I really it. need to work on. <laughs> I get it. I feel like I probably don't just because Presh is like, even though she's the sweetest freaking thing, like she is kind of intimidating. Like she'll growl at anything that comes up to the door. And like, she did it last night and it was, yeah. she sounds so scary. Yeah. She's scary so little scary. pit bull, but then she turns around and licks your face. <laughs> off. Yeah. She has so much love to give, but I would love to have her with me and I would feel so much better if I was alone, but but I also love that you want me to come over and protect you. Yeah, but <laughs> you're not my protection, <laughs> but it is so much fun. Like your sacrificial lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I I love when we get to have these nights and uh, I'm also going through egg freezing treatments. And so Thomas just left on a bachelor trip for his friend who's getting married soon. He's going to be like off the grid, no cell service on a rafting trip for till Tuesday. And I just started fertility treatments where we have to inject me in the stomach with two different needles per night. Oh, perfect timing, Thomas. Like, yeah. Peace out of town. Yeah. Like night two of your injection. Right. Well, we were so, yeah, we were supposed to do it. It was supposed to be done before his bachelor trip. And then, um, the date got pushed back a bit. So it was like, he feels terrible that he's yeah, gone no, for I'm this, but, um, so that's another perk of just being here is that she gets to inject me in the stomach I get to do it. and I'm like really queasy with needles. So yeah. I have to like pretend like it all is good. All is I good. thought that she was, I definitely did not think you were going to help me with that. Oh, for sure. I mean, you were like, I'm so sorry. You have to do this. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, you're the one who has to have like the needles injected in your belly. And well, I, because <laughs> Once I, a couple of years ago, I went over to Jess's <laughs> house and I was opening up a can of tuna and sliced. Okay. Sorry. She, hates, about it. she hates that word, but I'm going to say it again. Okay. Sliced my finger oh. 
I was bleeding and turn around and Jess is about to faint. We had to put her feet up. We had to fan her, get her some ice. And meanwhile, I'm bleeding out. Basically. <laughs> no one's helping me. Was- so, you know, she's a little, um, I'm a little flat. precious sometimes. And so I didn't think she'd help me, but she's been wonderful. She did my injections last night. And then by the way, sorry if any of you are queasy, cause these are some rough words. Yeah. Injections. Blood. It really wasn't that bad though. I mean, it, oh there's no blood involved. No, 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 no. That's what I was telling her. Like if you were going to bleed every time I injected this shit, I would probably faint. Oh, God. I just can't help it. I think some people like you literally, it's like a visceral response. Like mm-hmm. I just instantly am filled with like nausea and I, I feel so dizzy and like just faint. Well, it's crazy. I was telling Jess, I don't understand how. I mean, I knew I would, I knew I was going to have to inject myself or, you know, do this whole process. But once you're getting out all the different needles and realizing like it gets real, you're actually doing this. I, I can't believe how many people go through this because a lot of people have fear of needles and not to mention every other day I'm going into the center, I'm getting my blood drawn, I'm getting mm-hmm. an ultrasound. And like, I recently had a blood draw for a different reason where the woman messed up and hit something and my entire arm was numb. I had no fear. It was like paralyzed, not just numb, like paralyzed. I couldn't use it for like 24 hours. And it was so scary. It was really scary. Um, just not knowing if it was going to be worse. Thankfully it was only 24 hours, but so then I kind of, I've never been afraid of getting a blood draw, but now I'm kind of like, Oh God, like, I don't want that to happen again. Well, but also remember what happened to me when I went to, you know, the, how there's, there are those hydration IV places that you go and you get IV injections. If you're mm. over, you feel like you're getting sick or whatever. And I love those places because they actually really work well. This is a lot for people if you don't like blood well sorry there's just one more story and you can like plug your ears for like 30 seconds um but yeah like I went in and they did the IV and then she's like okay you're good to go like put the band-aid on and I went to the bathroom and it just like was like blood everywhere like she didn't tight wrap it tight enough and I am just so queasy. So I was literally about to pass out on their ground and she's like wiping the blood up off the ground, like quickly before other customers come in, got like blood on my shoe, my white shoes. And it wasn't really apologetic. She's like, okay, you can head to the front door, like check out at the front. Gives me my like bill. And I was just shocked. I was like, so shaken up for the rest of the day, blood on my shoes. Yeah. They should have refunded you and really, really sorry. That's not professional at all. This is Mm. a nurse who should know what she's doing. So we ended up calling and complaining and getting a refund. And they were like, yeah, absolutely not. That should happen. Yeah. But, um, we got sidetracked. Right. Yeah. So I was going to say something that I now can't remember. Well, I think that <laughs> it's really amazing that you're going through this egg freezing process because you guys are going to hear more about it in our next interview that's coming out after this one with our first guest that we ever had on the podcast, Deja Riley. And she shares her fertility journey and her struggles with infertility. And Ryan kind of in that episode shares a little bit more about what she's going through, but and kind of my reasons for and doing, your reasons for doing it, for doing this. Yeah. But maybe you could like touch on it quickly, just cause I think it's something that, you know, a lot of people have maybe considered or have questions about. Yeah. I mean, I, 
even being, you know, being in the hormone health industry, I was surprised how, by how little I kind of understood about egg freezing, how much there was to learn. But I mean, it is a little crazy to even be doing this because you're pumping your body full of hormones for this period of time to grow multiple eggs at once. Um, you know, once you start treatments with the end goal of as many follicles growing into mature eggs as possible. And then they retrieve them and then they take Thomas's sperm and they combine it with my eggs and they try to make as many healthy embryos as possible to freeze. But through the whole process, it kind of, there's just these high rates of, they kind of assume that a lot of the eggs won't make it, or, you know, you, you'll only get a certain number of embryos based on the number of eggs that I have. So it's like, we're doing this without necessarily, obviously a guarantee of how many embryos we'll have. And it's going to, it's, it's hard on my body and all of these things, but mm -hmm. the process is mostly covered through Thomas's work. We had hit our deductible, so it's a very, very small out-of-pocket cost to do this. Incredible, And, you know, we were kind of having some come to Jesus talks towards the end of last year about our future. And I'm 34 and Thomas had this kind of freak out moment of like, oh my God, I don't think I want kids. We've been together for 13 years. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Obviously, you know that I do like this. Like I will have to leave if I don't, you know, it's like, I've always said that. To I'll, him. Have, to like, find different I'll have to find a different, yeah. Provider. Or, um, yes. Yeah, sperm provider. So I, you know, I'm not going to budge on that. Like I've always known that, that I want a family and I have known that it's a knee jerk, jerk reaction for him because he hasn't been able to see himself as a dad right now. And I don't, I'm not ready either. Like I'm still very much growing this business, which has been my baby. And I want to see it through. I want to get to a place where I can fully focus on my, on my children and just achieve what I have yet to achieve, which yeah. is just the next level in my career. And it, it means so much to me. I've poured my life into it for many years now. And so I think on the one hand, it's kind of an odd idea to do egg freezing when, you know, we could probably have a baby right now, but I want us to be in the best place possible where we're excited and ready to be parents and able to just fully focus on doing the best job that we can. And I believe that that will be in like two, three years. And this process, like with it being covered by insurance and, and it was just the perfect answer for us. Like Thomas immediately was like, that sounds great. Like perfect. Then there's not this pressure. There's not this rush. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready either, but like, if we hadn't considered this, I would have felt like we need to be doing it right now. And that would have been really emotional for me because I'm not in that place yet. Anyway. So it's been a beautiful experience for us. And now we're getting like really excited. And I'm so happy to see Thomas getting excited about having it being a dad in the near future, mm -hmm. but not quite yet. Just, it was the timeline that was freaking him out. And it's then you're forced to think about this being your now. And mm -hmm. when you're not ready for that, that can create panic and fear. And, and so for him, like he has this time to better process it and just think about what life would be like as a dad. And I know that you said that he's gotten excited about it too. Now that he has, that he knows that there's a little bit more time and that he doesn't have to like yeah. rush into it as much. So, and the fact that he took this really seriously and took three months off of drinking, completely no drinking, no weed, which was big for him 
kind of put us in this different zone of looking at our life in a different way of being like, you know, what do you do when you, when you can't have, we're not huge drinkers, but we are socially. And so like, you got to get more creative on the weekend. Like you start doing projects, you start doing more hikes, you, you get the bikes out of the shed and like go for a bike ride. And, you know, we, we've, we've decided we want to get a dog at the end of the year. And like, we're kind of shifting into more of adult mode, which I know a lot of people who are our age are ahead of us, but we've just had so much fun for so many years, just being us too, traveling, like going at our own speed. And so I think this experience and being super, super healthy and slowing down and kind of thinking about our future, we're actually ready for that next step. Um, and I know for a lot of people getting a dog kind of shifts you into that next step. And so I think, um, we're finally ready to commit to that, but I'm really excited about our perspective change and, um, and also returning to, you know, once this egg freezing is done, which is going to be in like 10 days, um, we'll be able to have wine again. And we're looking forward to that, but we're also looking forward to returning to social situations. Cause we've been in so many situations now where we haven't drank and it's so easy for us. We're like, wow, we don't need it. Like, mm-hmm. and we don't need to feel pressured to have it. And we want to really like challenge ourselves to continue having that mindset of like, if you're in a social situation, do I need a drink right now? A lot of times I do not No, And you guys already have such outgoing personalities and I don't, you don't need it. Like you don't need it to be social and to have fun. I think a lot of times there's pressure from other people because they feel uncomfortable when those around them aren't drinking. Like that's what I've noticed where it's just like, Oh, come on. Like, come on. Like even when I have migraines, sometimes it's like, Oh, well it'll be fine. I'm like, no, it won't. It'll be terrible. And I don't want to, but then I don't know. I, it's crazy how other peer people. pressure still exists. Like no matter, no matter how old you are. Yeah. And it's not to like blame other people because we get to make our own decisions and choices, but it's certainly harder when everybody else is doing it and you feel like you're the odd man out and you feel like you're being lame or not fun. But I think it's like, okay, you do you, you enjoy your drinks. Like I'm still going to have fun. I'm still going to be fun. Like, do you not like yeah. me when I'm sober? <laughs> That's the biggest trip of it all. It's it's other people's perceptions and expectations. And I never want to not be fun, you know, or like yeah. be a buzzkill. And I do understand from the past, like if people show up and they're like, I'm not drinking. Like sometimes it's like, oh, fine. You know, like from the past, when I think about like when yeah. everyone's partying or whatever, and like someone is like dead sober and, and maybe people too, that are like more quiet or subdued when they don't have anything, but they're a completely different person when they do like, but it, it, it shouldn't matter. But that has been, I think the hardest part about all of this in the past about like, you always feel like you have to, you have to be fun or else it's a buzzkill for everybody else. And that's really messed up. Like, that's not how we should look at it. My friends have been super supportive so great. No one's pressuring, but this is also like a really good reason that we're doing this. So it's going to be a challenge, like returning, not that anyone needs a reason, but it's kind of like, I think we just, we're we're not going to announce anything. It's just going to be like being way more mindful about the number of drinks that we have when we're in social situations. For me, I want to like, just like always start with water and go as long as I can until I'm like, okay. Especially like those really long days where you're hanging out with people for like from day to night, yeah. like start later, you know, if you're going to have one or two or decide I'm going to have two drinks tonight or three drinks tonight, like that's your max. And how do you make it last? And this experience has just taught me that I really don't need a drink to be. I think slowing down is everything. Cause it's like, even if you have two drinks, like 
Well, I guess for me, because I'm, I don't drink that much at all. Like two drinks for me, I'm like drunk. Yeah. But, yeah. But <laughs> I, I would say that even if you, if two drinks doesn't get you really drunk, it's also thinking about like your why for drinking. Like, why am I, why am I drinking right now? Like, what is the outcome that I want from these drinks? Like, is it because I feel like I can't have as much fun without them? Is it because everybody else is pressuring me? Is it because that's just a habit and what I normally do? Um, is it because like it is fun? Like why is it because I'm stressed and I'm like blowing off steam? So I think the why is really important, but also like you, if, if you kind of go into the situation already with like somewhat of a plan Mm -hmm. and just thinking about like, okay, I'm going into this situation. There's gonna be a lot of people drinking. Like if someone were to say like, Oh, come on. Like I call it scripting your setbacks. Mm -hmm. Like, what would you say to that person? Yeah. You know, to be confident in that moment or like, what if like everybody's ordering shots and like they give you one and Mm -hmm. you don't want to take it, you know, like, how are you going to respond in that moment? And I just think like scripting the setbacks a little bit of like, how are you going to handle that situation so that you stay true to what is going to actually feel good to you. Yeah. And you can still partake. Like I love having starting dinner with like a glass of wine with Josh and then maybe like, you know, taking our time talking, like having some water in between, then maybe going somewhere else after that for like one cocktail, Mm -hmm. like a nightcap or whatever. And then like we draw it out over hours you still partake, but like you wake up not feeling horrible the next day. And you also haven't just downed, like, also it's like, I mean, not, it also is like all the calories too, like Mm -hmm. thousands of calories potentially in drinks. Oh yeah. And then you feel just awful the next day. I know there's so many reasons. And I I will say like a couple of things, like what you were saying, planning ahead, visualizing how you're going to handle it has been really helpful. And couple things bringing sparkling waters spindress it we're feels drinking. we're drinking just made us a little mocktail for this um so good spindrift muddled raspberry lime juice did you put anything else in um there? stevia stevia in, in a little wine glass and it's like you feel i think it's really important to kind of set that vibe and then also yeah just having a drink in hand i've realized a lot of time is more of a comfort, it's like a distractor than actually even needing the drink, you know? Oh, totally. And then I would people s- feel uncomfortable not having a drink in their hand. Like it is a social mm-hmm. thing. And I've noticed that like with Josh, because he's really dialed back on his drinking lately. He's in the bar industry, so it's really hard for him too, because it's like literally all around him all the time. But the biggest thing for him has been mindfulness and just like why, like, do I need this? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, let me think about it. And, but with him, like he even will admit it's such a reflex for him. The second that there's not a drink in his hand, he feels like uncomfortable. Mm. And he just like has the reflex of like, just going straight to the bar to get another drink in his hand. And it's Mm -hmm. like, but it could could be any sparkling water. You could have something else. And in terms of other people's perceptions as, you know, kind of, messed up as it is that people even have an opinion but like if you have your virgin drink in a glass that looks like wine or a cocktail like no one knows what you're having you know and you don't have to explain yourself and and even as simple as like if you're reducing your drinking you can nurse the same drink over hours and just oh yeah you know continue to grab that same glass and no one will notice um 
That's and one thing I have gotten really good at is I'm so uh, slow with my drinks. Yeah. I drink it so slow and it's like the wine so slow. And it's really nice because it lasts so much longer. So you feel like you're going for longer with it. But I think also it's like creating, like, are you nourishing yourself enough with that drink? Like, have you eaten a balanced dinner? Mm-hmm. Because I oftentimes think that when you aren't balancing your blood sugar with these like sugary cocktails and wines and things like that. It just increases your cravings Mm -hmm. for more of that sugar and more of the alcohol or whatever to like satisfy you. And so I think if you have a balanced meal alongside it, it creates also more of a vibe because I think drinks just taste better alongside a good meal but then you're not going to be so inclined to just like keep going and going and going. Yeah. Well, just definitely healthier for you, less of a, of a hangover. Um, and I was going to say too, like spritzers, Thomas thinks it's gross that I suggest this, but like wine with a little sparkling water can like dilute it a little bit and it goes a long way. I think it tastes good. Um, and then also I'll be honest, a little microdosing of shroom. Too. Like it helps give a feeling of a buzz without. Any... I was going to say that and I wasn't sure yeah. if we should because I'm all about that life. Well, right I think now. like there, I don't understand why there's shame around things like that. You know, like I do smoke weed, I don't do it. Uh, I know that there are negative consequences to it, but it's been really helpful in my life with sleep, creativity. And I think there's a lot of shame around that, but yet there's no shame around how frequently everybody drinks. It's I very know. weird to me. And then we're still like, we need to get past this shame around shrooms. Like it's been proven to be so beneficial for the brain, pretty much like all your reputable scientists and even doctors are starting to really open up about it, you know, as a new, um, approach and treatment for anxiety, depression. Oh, yeah. So I don't know why we, but, it, but, it, but again, it's because of like the history of, of psychedelics and being, um, really like blacklisted and, mm-hmm. and made to look bad and the war on drugs and all of that. But I think it's crazy. We don't have more of a war on alcohol, but because of the profits that it has made for so many years, but it's far, far more detrimental to our health. So I want to be more open about, you know, certain drugs I am thumbs up on. Well, and I think it has really changed the game for me because I have migraines and yeah. for me, alcohol is such a trigger and it's, that's also what's made me more mindful around alcohol is that I can have wine and I can have cocktails from time to time and be okay. But I have to have been well-fueled with like good nutrition. I have to have low stress that day. Like there's all these triggers that make my migraine worse. So if I have like a really stressful day, I haven't eaten enough and I have alcohol, I'm going to get a migraine. Yeah. But if I have like a lower stress day and I've eaten well, And I'm just like not overthinking it too much because I tend to overthink it, like going into the situation of like, oh, should I get wine? Should I not? Like, I don't want to get a migraine. But um, because truly, if you've ever had migraines, you know, like it's not worth it. Um, And I'll just say real quick as a segue, like Jess has been going through it and it's been so freaking hard to watch. And yeah, she's barely drank at all because you just have you had to be so careful and I feel like you should share the updates. Cause I like, there are a lot of interviews that I've, that I've done by myself, like not that many, but like interviews and intros I've done by myself because Jess is, well, it's not just headaches, but it's also like your workload has increased significantly, mm-hmm. which is exciting because of the way you pivoted in your health coaching business, but it's a lot and you haven't really been able to share that. Yeah. Well, before I do, I was just going to say that 
the shroom thing, like just having, I don't even do it that often, but we have this like shroom chocolate and I'll have just, honestly, I think I'm just a lightweight. So it'll be like a tiny bit of the square. And it feels like I've had a few glasses of wine and I feel just like giggly and fun. And I've, you know, Josh and I will go on date night and I'm like, I think this is my thing now instead of ordering drinks, because I just, I feel just like I'm relaxed and I'm goofy and I'm just like, in the moment, I'm not overthinking anything. And then the next day I wake up and I don't have a hangover and I don't have a migraine yeah. and it's perfect. Thank God we have something, something yeah. that's like better for us. And, and I did research on, I mean, there's no, there's not enough research on it yet, but there's some promising research that these, this microdosing can actually help people with headaches and migraines. Yeah. So, and there's so many benefits, literally nothing that says that alcohol can do that. No. And also side note, obviously, if you're, if you haven't done shrooms and apologies, if you at all find it offensive that we're promoting it, but you should probably try it. Um, (laughs) but you can take too much. Like I have, I've had some weird moments where like I take a little too much and I'm uncomfortable. I'm sweating if I'm around the wrong people or like I went to a concert where, I'm just like hyper aware of everything around me. And I'm like, I I feel like I'm very weird. And like, suddenly I'm just, just saying, I feel like I'm hyper judging myself and I can't just like have a social conversation, but that's not like that dire of a situation. But that's also like with anything. Yeah. Like, just, uh, you you find too your much, you get too wasted, you overshare, you have like a, yeah. over from oh, like so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. And all, like, also I'm not trying to shame drinking and be like, Oh, it's so terrible because but I, it is. And it, it, we still, we've done it. We do it. It's just, well, I think we it, should all admit that it isn't good for us. We no, have I mean, that. unfortunately, you know, there's been spins on it in the wellness industry, even with people trying to be like, oh, the Reservatrol content for your heart is great, but it's like really not. And you don't need to get it from wine. You can get it <laughs> from antioxidant rich fruits and other means that aren't, you know, toxin, which at the end of the day, that's what alcohol is. But at the same time, we can't live in a bubble where we're just like, so scared of everything. Um, I think balance is key with everything. And it's just finding the balance that works for you and not feeling like you have to give it up completely. But just again, like we're saying, understanding your why, finding swap outs that you enjoy just as much. Reducing frequency, reducing and frequency, the number of drinks per time if you can. If that's saving cool it for you. special occasions, you know, I yeah. think some people it's very habitual. Like I just get to the end of my work night and I have half a bottle of wine because it winds me down. And then it's like, well, is that coming from a place of like, oh, I'm so stressed, I need this alcohol, which oftentimes it is. So then we need to address the root cause of the stressor because it's just contributing to your the burden on your body yeah. if it now has to break down this ginormous toxin on top of the rest of your stress, which yeah. is just wreaking havoc on your hormones basically. Yeah. And we've seen it. I mean, I'm kind of passionate about this subject because I've seen it just with like people I love and affecting them so much, and, Yeah, you know, not, not having the best outcomes as a result. Like we, you know, have a family member who's now sober and, you know, we've seen like the dark side of it in many ways. And so, and I think too, it's about, um, yeah. Like what other things can you consider? Like for me, weed is a good alternative. It calms me down. 
you know, shroom is a good alternative or nothing at all, but like having, you know, a creative activity or just committing to, okay, if I have a social night where I know I'm going to be drinking, then the next weekend I'm not, you know, and setting these mini goals or like Thomas and I don't really drink together at the house because we know that we have a lot of social stuff that that's when we, that's what we will use the drinking for, or like a date night, you know, or stuff like that, but just really keeping it mellow when we can control it. And when it's just us and and just being really intentional about the frequency, this wasn't exactly what we were planning the whole episode to be about, but you know what? Hot topic. That's okay. And I also think like going into summer, there is like a lot more pressure socially, especially, and I know we'll talk about my updates and stuff, but like, I do now work with a lot of women one-on-one with my online coaching program. And I know like going into summer, so many of my clients have trips and they have like celebrations and parties and barbecues and like going to really cool cities where like they want to enjoy all the food and the drinks and like really take part and not feel like they're missing out. And so I think it is like not taking a dogmatic approach where it's like, oh, you have to just like say no to everything and just, you know, order clean every time you go out to eat and swap your cocktail for a mocktail every single time. It's like, no, I'm about to go to New York and Montreal in a few weeks. And I can't wait to try the delicious foods. I'm hoping my head's in a good place so I can like have some cocktails and wine and just like really enjoy myself. But going in with, like you're saying, these habits where you, yeah, you do, you do make trade-offs and you think about like, okay, I could have a dinner over my two week vacation where like I could have some dinners where I'm not having wine. Mm -hmm. I don't have to have wine at every single dinner just because I'm on vacation. Mm -hmm. Like we don't need to be like cracking open a bottle of wine, like midday at brunch, like multiple times during the vacation. It's thinking about like, when is it going to be worth it? And when am I going to enjoy it the most? And then balancing it out with like getting in movement and doing other things that are social, that are super fun that aren't surrounded by alcohol. Yeah. So, well, and I will say to the feeling of taking this three month, I mean, I had a couple of occasions where I drank because for Thomas, it was more about his sperm quality for men. Alcohol and weed is really problematic for their sperm quality for women. We all are actually born with all of our eggs already or follicles. And so there's not a ton we can do to, I mean, we, we certainly lifestyle wise, um, as we t- talked about in my, in the interview I did with Dr. Nathan Riley, there's a lot that we can do obviously to support our fertility. There's a lot that can impact your egg quality. Um, but for this period of time, like sperm regenerate every three months. So it made a lot of sense for him to abstain from these things that we know impact sperm for three months. But anyway, just during this period of time, the, the, the feeling of like pride and, fulfillment and um what's the word I'm thinking of just it's really just an amazing feeling to go to something be sober socially or challenge yourself to have like a super creative weekend have these projects and like it feels so good versus the feeling of when like you like you were saying you you decided to drink at brunch you drank at dinner you but like these things that drain you when you Mm -hmm. can get away from it challenge yourself to have a period of time where you're not drinking it'll remind you of how great you feel without it yeah. And motivate you to continue to have more of that feeling. Yeah. One exercise I like, and I kind of mentioned it like with the scripting your setbacks is like, if you're going to like 
like a barbecue or like a vacation or a few day vacation or whatever it is, like an event is like, before you go thinking about like, how do you want to feel afterwards? Like leaving that vacation, how do you want to feel? And just painting that picture for yourself. Like, Oh, I want to feel like I partook in the celebrations and had a really good time, but that I didn't overdo it. Like, I don't want to leave feeling like, Oh my gosh, now I have to go on like, you know, this crazy strict diet or like workout every single day or like just dreading getting back into routine. Um, or like, I want to leave, you know, not feeling like super bloated and hungover. Like I want to feel like I was in control and I make good choices, but I also didn't overly restrict myself or leave feeling like I have a bunch of FOMO, you know, I want to connect with my family and walk away from it feeling like we had really awesome moments together and made memories. And I was really present, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you want to feel? And then scripting those setbacks for, okay, well, what can I do to take steps to ensure that when I do leave, I feel this way. So like really pre-thinking going into those situations, but then having like a little debrief afterwards, like how did that go? Okay. Well, this part of it went well, this part of it like didn't go so well, but how can I use what I learned in this situation for next time mm-hmm. and just not guilting or shaming yourself about it. Cause I think every situation, even if you didn't go about it in the way you would have liked to, you'll learn a lesson that you can apply the next time. Yeah, definitely. I also just ordered, um, more chlorophyll, um, or sorry, chlorella. What am I saying? Chlorella. Um, in our recent interview with Dr. Wendy Trubeau, she, we talked about the the impacts of the negative impacts of alcohol, but then we also said, she said, don't drink. And we said, okay, but for (laughs) those that that's not realistic for what kind of things can help our bodies detox alcohol better. And she did say that chlorella was a good thing. And she provided a, a brand that we have in those show notes. And I'll put it in these show notes as well that I just went and ordered on Amazon because it's cheaper. We also love energy bits, but it's a more affordable one. Um, oh, cool. So I didn't you can know try that. both. We have that brand. Yeah. So I'll put it in the show notes here, but chlorella and she also said activated, activated charcoal. charcoal can help too. So if you know you're going to be drinking, that's another thing to prepare ahead, but I've been using activated charcoal for years. It's awesome. Yeah. But cautionary note, you cannot take activated charcoal alongside any medication or foods that you actually want absorbed um, because it kind of strips everything with it. So you need to take it two hours away from anything else. Usually at the end of the night is the best time to do it. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Like it can be kind of trendy. You'll see like an activated charcoal lemonade, like on a restaurant menu, but it's like, you're like, you shouldn't really be drinking it alongside like a full meal. Mm, But um, mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, that's a really good tip. So Moving forward, um, you want me to share about, yeah, what's been going on for all the people that don't know. So yes, I launched a new coaching program in January of this year. So it's not even been a full six months and I honestly wasn't sure what to expect, but the response was pretty overwhelmingly positive. And I went from coaching primarily clients privately over the phone to being able to customize an entire program online. So each one of my clients gets a custom meal plan that's hormone supportive, custom hormone supportive workouts. They get unlimited chat support with me. They get educational video lessons on a variety of topics. And there's even a private support group and everything's in one app. So it's all there. So it's takes away the overwhelm of like going to YouTube for workouts and like emails and all these different places, but everything's in one portal in one place. 
and I provide a lot of support. I'm just very, I've been coaching now for five years, maybe more. And I'm just very invested in every single one of my clients. And I truly love coaching. I can't imagine doing anything else. It just really makes me happy. And I love helping people make progress towards their goals and doing it in a really realistic way where they feel like they can still enjoy their lives, have balance, not be doing the whole yo-yo thing that I did for 12 years because it's totally possible. And, you know, everybody goes through ups and downs. Everybody goes through challenges, myself included. And I think sometimes we look at coaches or we look at people that are teaching something that are experts. And we kind of assume like they have it all figured out and they never like have problems or they never have bad, bad body image days or they don't miss their workouts and they never like bingey, you know, but it's like, that's really not true. You know, we're all humans. And I think that's what I love about it is that I try to be as open and honest too with clients about like the struggles I go through. And, um, you know, now I feel like I have this toolkit to help me bust through those challenging times that I didn't have before when I was yo-yo dieting, like my coping mechanisms were all really unhealthy. It was like binge drinking on the weekends, bottomless mimosas, like yo, you know, YOLO, just like eating whatever I wanted and like over-exercising and just like self-deprecating and, um, you know, popping my boobs out with like spray tan all over them, like every weekend to like try to distract from the areas of my body I didn't like. And now it's like, even when I have these like really rough times in my life, I have this amazing toolkit to help me get back on track. Um, so that being said, it's been so incredible to help and support these women. And I love every one of them, but I have chronic migraines and I've gone through periods of time where they've gotten really good. And I felt relief for a long period of time and then periods of time where they come back. And I've shared a lot about that throughout the podcast and like on social media and stuff. But sometimes I don't share when I have the downtimes because I just don't feel like I need to share every single thing that I'm going through as I'm going through it. Sometimes I just want to work through it on my own, but yeah, this, um, I think heightened amount of work that I've had has also increased the frequency of my migraines. And so I've just been kind of dealing with that this year. I went back to Colorado to see my headache specialist. I have been retesting my hormones and have had some imbalances that I'm working to rebalance. Um, which could also be contributing. I've switched up my desk situation. I have like introduced a lot of really supportive supplements. I'm doing um, more recently, like 10 minutes of yoga. I'm trying to do that every single day and um, stretching and just prioritizing more of that and just setting boundaries where I can to like protect myself and my health. And, you know, a lot of it has been helping a lot. CBD. Oh my gosh. Rye recommended that when I was having like an anxiety attack weekend, she was like, go right now and get some full spectrum CBD. And you were in Colorado. I was in Colorado. I was having a day where it was like crazy anxiety. And so I, and not like, um, not CBD with THC, but no, straight, just straight CBD. CBD. And it was full spectrum and it, it helps so much. I take that at night when I'm anxious or, just in the moment. Sometimes I'll just take it in the day and it really, really does help. But needless to say, like I've definitely had some meltdowns this year, like three major ones that I can think about just because like these migraines, when they rear their ugly head are just 
so hard to deal with. And I'm like needing to get back to clients and I don't want it to take too long till I get back to them. But like my head is hurting and, you know, I'm obviously not going to like complain to my clients like, oh, I have a migraine. Like, let me tell you all about me and what I'm going through. But just trying to have that balance of like, okay, give yourself enough time to respond, but also give yourself grace to like shut down the computer early if you need to and go for a walk and like lay down. And Rai has been really good about helping me with that, which I feel Mm -hmm. like you should chime in and share more because I just am not, I I could just keep going. Well, I just can't understand like just our whole family is, you know, it's hard not to worry about her. Like with these, I mean, Jess has always had headaches and migraines. Well, migraines kind of came about later, like from college on, but it's just weird how they've come back in the last couple of years with a bit of a vengeance, despite like you being like having so many health habits dialed in. It's like, and it's a, it's a structural thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it we seem to see that stress impacts you a lot, oh, obviously. And so it's, it's kind of a, in many ways, it's like when you can tell that your body's responding with symptoms that your stress is too high, that your workload is too high. So I don't know how you've been able to do this. Like I can't imagine having a headache as frequently as you do. I've had stomach aches, but you can go on with your life. It doesn't impact your head, your brain, like your ability to talk to people. It's hellish. And your Jess is so strong. She doesn't complain. She's just such a warrior. And I know you're going to get through this. And we've had a lot of answers and a lot of variables that, that she's working on and you're, you know, you're working through, but when I see her still working at a certain time, when I know she mentioned her head was starting to hurt, I've just been a little bit tough on her because I'm Which like, good. why are you still emailing me? Yeah, she said, like, stop emailing me. Like, I'm sorry. You, this is not important. Is it urgent? Like, is someone dying? No, this is a project we can talk about next week. Like everything is flexible really. Unless it's like, we have this set deadline, which most things are not, you know? So, um, I don't know how you've been doing it. I know that it's a part of your continued, continued journey. Um, you were learning a lot about like different sides of health and healing through like learning about the structure of the neck and the body and the stress threshold. And it's interesting that Jess is period is incredibly normal. You don't have any hormonal issues. She really doesn't. But yet on her last retest, there were some hormonal imbalances. And that's something that I wanted to mention because you don't have to have a thousand different hormonal symptoms. Like we have a lot of people are like, my doctor said my period's normal. So like it can't be hormonal or my symptoms can't be hormonal. And it's like, that is not the benchmark at all. You can definitely have one or two. It's literally my only symptom. It's yeah. so crazy. Like I have great energy. I don't have, I have a period that's, you know, five days, easy flow, like no PMS, not even like tender boobs, like no bloating. I mean, I really feel really fortunate in how good I feel other than these migraines, which then when you have a migraine, it also makes you feel really fatigued. Yeah. And because really it's so exhausting. much on your brain and it just like completely exhausts you. So, and then it's emotional because it's like, she keeps having to like cancel social situations and reschedule things. And yeah. then she's developed this fear of like, Oh God, I have a trip or I have a social thing. Like, will my head act up again? And it's this kind of perpetual fear around it that yeah. she has to work through. So, and I also think that like, you know, something I work with my clients on is helping them set boundaries. And I even sent a message to my clients a couple months ago, just like I'm recommitting to the boundaries 
of, you know, responding within 24 to 48 hours. And everyone was so supportive and even messaged me. I had like several messages that were like, we appreciate you. Like we totally understand. And like, this is something I'm working on too. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Like we all need to do a better job, especially as women of setting boundaries. And I work with primarily moms, um, which is just how it's turned out. It, you know, it's not like my, it's not like I specialize in working with moms. I just have a lot of moms that are my clients and they work so hard and they show up so much for everybody else in their lives. And they're just such loving, giving people. And as a result, sometimes you get put on the back burner. And so I think we all just really need to harness that superpower of setting boundaries. And so I'm really working on that right now. And just, I think that's like how I am able to get through this time is like, I try to shut off at 7 PM. You know, I, Josh and I are doing such a better job of just connecting at the end of the night, cooking dinner together, like reading. We get up in the morning, we do a digital detox. We, I journal, I read, I go for a really long walk or I get in a workout I like have a very long morning routine. It's like two and a half, three hours mm-hmm. um, before I even start working. Cause you're up early. Yeah. I try to get in a mindful meal. Like there's all these built-in things that I do. And I feel like, I don't know how I would be thriving or surviving if I didn't have those things. And also just having you to be like, Jess, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. Like it really does help me Yeah, because I feel, I think that's kind of, it's interesting because like, as a coach, it's like, I am so used to like showing up for other people that, you know, sometimes like, who's your coach. I, I, I need a coach. I do have a coach, but, um, yeah, sometimes it's like, what do you mean? Well, I have a train like personal trainer. Oh, well, yeah. But like, I mean, really everybody does need some sort of, if, if not hiring an actual health coach, like somebody that you can talk to and kind of like, check you in a way or motivate you or be an accountability partner. And like, you are there for everyone, including me just is behind closed doors. Exactly how she is here right now. Like obviously, but like she walks the walk. She is the healthiest, like, but balanced person that I know, like you Mm -hmm. really do have, like you have it down, but you've been through so much that, you know, like how to indulge and have fun, but also like more than anyone, like also how to like, just not need to go overboard. You really yeah. just don't need to do that ever because you, you know, the consequences and stuff. So you mm-hmm. really have your lifestyle da- dialed in your habits dialed in. You love your, your routine and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, the, the headaches has, has been a wrench for you and it's completely out of your control. And headaches is one of those diagnoses that are in many ways a mystery for doctors. There's so many different reasons that can happen and people, a lot of people suffer. And so, um, I've been, I mean, of course you need someone to help you through this and talk through this because it's incredibly frustrating, scary, upsetting. You don't know when it's always going to happen. And so I'm happy to be there for you, but I do think it's interesting that we each have our own stress, stress threshold. And like, for me, when I was working crazy hours, like I don't get headache or I don't always feel quote unquote stress actually certainly have, but like, it might be my gut issues that start acting. Yeah. Up. Like each person has these little symptoms that start, they're trying to tell you like it's our body is always sending us messages. Yeah. Like it truly is. I love what Lenny's brother said on our podcast a long time ago about how like you have to listen to the whispers of your body before they turn into screams. Mm, yeah. You know? And it's like, we really do because 
we like to shove it down and be like, oh, I don't have time for this right now. Mm -hmm. Like, shut up, you know, or like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. And, or like take a pill to like, try to cover it up versus being like, wait, why am I getting a headache right now? Like, why am I like sick to my stomach right now? Like, why do I have acid reflux? Like, what could my body be trying to communicate with me right now? And like actually stopping to listen and maybe problem solve a little bit. And I will even say like, not to change the topic, no, please go do. back to that. But like for the last two years, I haven't worked with, so I've had gut issues my whole life. I've talked about this before, but like a few years ago, I finally found like, started working with a naturopath. She did testing. I found out I had SIBO. I did like some antibiotics and some antifungals. She, you know, it's, it's a natural approach, but it was also a, um, you know, the antibiotics needed to kill off the extra bacteria. And I did feel so much better, but then I had like a rebound of SIBO and over the last couple, probably like three years now, I haven't had someone I'm consistently working with. That's a more integrative doctor. Like I've seen people here and there, but it hasn't been consistent because my symptoms weren't as bad, but there's been this like raft of symptoms that are kind of I've just, I think, normalized and they've started getting louder and louder lately. And so I finally, well, also the other thing was with insurance, I was like, last year I tried to go like utilize my insurance, like go see the gastroenterologist, see as much testing and stuff as I could get covered by insurance. And I knew that it wasn't going to be helpful because I've been down this road before, but they did all the same things, endoscopy, um, uh, ultrasound. Um, God, I'm blanking on the test the that we test. did. Um, I didn't do a stool test with um, them. Um, like all these standards, everything's normal. Um, the endoscopy was looking at my throat because I've had this really intense, like reflux style, like indigestion, like food's not going down, like a ton of burping, like it's really gross. And so, and that's like new symptoms for me, but everything was normal. And so it's like, I kind of spent all of last year because it takes so long to go to all these appointments. And then they are like, Oh, take a proton pump inhibitor inhibitor, which basically just kills the acid in your stomach, which then I hear from the integrative world is like the last thing you should be doing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't do that. And so I've been kind of just living with these symptoms now. And so finally, as I mentioned, maybe in one episode recently that I, I, I bit the bullet and worked with this woman, um, hired this woman, Brie Weisselman, who I've been following for years. She was actually originally an acupuncturist, but she's like been doing this for like 20 years, specializing in gut and hormone health. She has such a wide, uh, like ray, array of knowledge on this topic more than any doctor. And that's the thing is like, people are like only comfortable seeing doctors, but doctors don't get to spend and specialize in something as specific, like as this, yeah, you know, so I, I finally, I hadn't hired her initially cause she wasn't a doctor, but she is an integrative health practitioner who is very much zeroed in on the gut and the hormone gut connection and all of that. Anyway, finally had an appointment with her. It has taken all of this stuff takes forever. It's like a year goes by and you're still doing the testing or still getting the stuff. So I just got back two of my results. I have two more other tests that I need results on, but my first gut health test, which was a stool test, which I freaking hate doing those tests. It's so gross, but (laughs) I got my results back and I have like five major bacteria that were very high H pylori, um, like three other ones that were really high that are linked to like all the symptoms I've been having. Then one that was really low that is you need in higher amounts to protect your, your gut from, and, and boost your immunity. 
um, from gut disorders and disease. And so I have yet to have my appointment. I have my appointment next week with her, but I'm so excited to be like, no wonder I've been feeling like this. Like my symptoms have been, you know, like I explained the reflux, um, severe bloating at night, like no matter what I eat, like it's just gotten worse and worse. And that's why I'm like, I finally was like, I have to work with someone like just really irregular bowel movements and like, you know, fatigue and, um, aches and pains. And a lot of times you think of these things, like those can be hormonal symptoms, but a lot of times it's also related to your gut, but even just like a really dry, itchy scalp. Um, but then all, I also have an oily, oily scalp. So it's like, it's all over the place that these bacteria like yeast infections, like that they can just wreak havoc all over. Mm -hmm. And all the other doctors I've seen more recently, the traditional route do not put the pieces together. They don't, at all. And then it's like, I do this one test and it's like, I can see, and I'm excited to talk to her that this answers what I, you know, and I still, and then I got a parasite test back and there were some organisms and some yeast that came up there as well. And then I still have a mycotoxin text, which, um, test, which is uh, mold exposure. That's going to come. I haven't done that one yet, but I will. And then there's this other one that is like a whole nutrient profile. And it's like, these are the insights that we all need because our health is a puzzle. There are so many things going on. And so, you know, for me, it kind of rule out the hormone thing, my hormones, I do need to retest as well, but I, again, don't have major symptoms or issues there. My really great period, all of that. Last time I tested, everything looked good. Um, but I think my gut is just impacting all of these different systems in my body, which we know it's like the second brain, it's everything. So it's also super interesting how we produce most of our serotonin in our gut. So it can lead to anxiety and depression. And we wouldn't necessarily connect anxiety and depression to like gut dysbiosis or gut issues. Yeah. And more recently, super weird, but I've started having this shortness of breath. I've off, I've always had shortness of breath in exercise, like athletic asthma was diagnosed when I was a lot younger, but recently the last few weeks, it's like, I suddenly have asthma. Like I literally can't breathe. I can't catch my breath. Like it's very strange. And like, I still don't understand what it is. Oh, and frequent urination. Like I am up now peeing four, four times every night, at least mm-hmm. and constantly throughout the day. So it's like, it's this, it's all of these weird little, it's these weird symptoms that for a while I was kind of like, Oh, that's weird. I just pee a lot. Or that's weird. Like my scalp is oily. Like I still don't know the connection of everything, but I'm starting to research and starting to see these symptoms pop up that, you know, if you have this bacteria is high, you can have shortness of breath. You can have Mm -hmm. um, yeast infections and chronic like UTIs. And so I'm, I'm excited to put the pieces together and even being in the health field, we put these things off for ourselves. Like, yeah, definitely. Because again, it's like you show up for everyone else and you like, don't necessarily have time always. You're just so busy and prioritize it when it's like, it should always be the first priority. Yeah. And you know, obviously this country and our healthcare system don't make it easy. No. For us to get to the root. And in fact, they make it extremely difficult with so many barriers. And and you put off spending money on this stuff because it's like, oh, I don't want to. And then what is worth more? We've talked about this before, but your yeah. health is wealth. It's the ability to feel your best. Like we can't put a price tag on that. I was avoiding spending $500 for my initial appointment with Brie, but that came with a, a very in-depth health plan. My follow-up, my follow-up with her is 250, which I feel like is pretty reasonable. 
the testing and the supplements were expensive. This is certainly an investment, but mm-hmm. I know that at the end of this, like I already am so excited to have results that give me answers and to know that she is such a wizard with this stuff that she's just going to be like, this is exactly what you do. Do this, try this. Like, and I know that I'm going to have this figured out. Like hopefully before I go to France, like my trip at the end of the summer, like I just want to feel good. You know, I want to feel my best. Like, and I, I just can't believe I, I, I waited as long as I did because, and again, like if you can't afford it, then that's another story. But like, if you can try to save for it because it's worth it to you, because what else is more? It's like how you might put in savings for curveball, like the curveball account idea where it's like, you have a curveball account. If curveballs happen, you get in a car crash, whatever happens, God forbid, like you have some savings in there or maybe you're saving for a vacation. You would put money aside, right? So this is more valuable than anything else. And we spend money on other people. And if someone else was to need something or if you're, you know, your child or your partner, like you always go to help them, but we don't go to help ourselves. But I don't know. I don't know if others can relate, but I would just say if you're dealing with a health issue and you put it off, just don't because you're just prolonging the amount of time that you're going to not feel your best and, and potentially you get there, creating more like, problems. Why? Yeah. And more problems because as I'm experiencing right now, these are new symptoms popping up and I'm like, okay, thank God I've like got someone I'm working with. I'm getting results. Like I'm on my path to like treatment plan. As soon as this egg freezing is done, then I'm going to switch over to that treatment plan. I mean, it's all very involved. Like it's a lot, you know, but it's also exciting to have answers. So I'm really excited for you because I've been wanting you to get answers for a really long time too. And this just feels like the first time where it's been someone who's like that all-inclusive approach that you need. Yeah. And that's really holistic and really passionate about what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And as a woman in the health space, I think... Yeah, I think you're in really good hands. And, you know, we hear from clients all the time that test their hormones with us. Like, I'm excited that, like, there's an imbalance. Yeah. Like, I feel really validated, you know, because so many women are used to being, unfortunately, dismissed in the medical world or told that they're crazy or put on antidepressants or given a million different prescriptions and sent on their way without answers and just feeling stuck and frustrated and fed up. And so when you finally get results and you're like, oh my gosh, this makes sense. And yeah, it's going to, be like financially a little bit difficult. And yeah, I'm going to have to make lifestyle changes that are not always easy. I'm going to have to change some of my habits and the things that I do. But at the end of the day, to rise point, like what is more worth it than showing up as that 2.0 version of yourself? Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, that, just as a plug for our business too, for your hormone balance, if you do suspect you have hormone imbalances, it's not that expensive to do our test. We have no. a base package. It's 275. You can do a split payment, two or three split payments on that. And then we do encourage adding our custom guide or a call with Jess or our mom, Candace, to really get support, you know, with your next steps. Like the guide is super in depth and we have yet to pretty much see anybody who has perfect results because whereas when you do a standard blood test, again, going back to the standard model of care, you get a standard blood test or you get like all the gut tests that I got. Everything's normal. Well, guess what? It's not like if you have symptoms and you, you're not crazy. There's something going on, but they only can offer the testing that is available to them. That's covered by insurance. They're not going to offer you. There are so many different kinds of testing available. Mm -hmm. Like that's why integrative doctors, functional doctors, naturopaths, health practitioners offer these, these lab tests from other labs, because that's where they, that's where the answers are. They're more expensive. You pay out of pocket for them. Like 
but I mean, more expensive as in some of them are 200, some are 300, but like the answers that you get are actual answers. It's not everything's normal, which is what that standard blood test, especially for hormones in blood. It's, it's giving you this just standardized range, which like most people are just told it's normal and sent on their way. When you do a saliva test, which is what we offer, it's capturing active hormone levels and you will almost guaranteed there's going to be something. If you've got imbalances, there's going to be something. We were measuring estrogen, progesterone, DHEA, testosterone, and cortisol. And we connect the dots for you to say, okay, if if you get a guide or if you get a consult, we'll connect the dots and say, this is low. And this is why you're having these symptoms. Or even if you get our base package and you just get results and you get our education, we provide a lot of education to help explain why these, what imbalances are linked to what symptoms, what sort of foundational, uh, uh, adjustments you can make to your lifestyle, your nutrition, supplements, herbs that will really help push the needle forward. But there's a whole other world out there when you start going beyond what your doctor will offer you, going beyond what insurance will cover. There's a whole world of information. And that's when my life changed. When I finally started being like, I'm not getting any help here. I'm going to work with other people. And that's what we offer through our business as well is like, Oh, you're having symptoms. Here are actual answers and here are actual um, and it's action changed, items. It's truly changed our lives. Like going through the hormone rebalancing process ourselves. Like I was able to get back a natural period after not having one forever. Like I was able to regulate so many different symptoms that I was having. And I love, like, I, I nerd out on the stuff. Like, I can't wait till I get to retest. It's like weird. I'm just like it excited about it. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. I've been working on all, all these things. Like, yeah, I can't wait to retest now that I've been working on things for like my migraines. I'm excited to retest in two months to see where my levels are after in implementing certain supplements and lifestyle changes because you get that baseline every time. And it's kind of like a report card. You're like, yeah. oh, okay. Like these are where the levels have improved. Like this, is, these are the areas that still need work and you get to like refine it, refine it, refine it. And you start to see your symptoms improve and you yeah. start to see these um, biomarkers of your body improve. And it's really exciting. And it's also a proud feeling of yeah. like, I am taking control of my health and I'm like, I have a framework to follow. I have support. I have a path forward. I don't feel like hopeless, you yeah. know? And like, we're always so surprised because it doesn't even have to be symptom related, but like, we're always so surprised when women that have struggled with fertility, no one's ever recommended that they get their hormone levels tested, like their estrogen and their progesterone in saliva because progesterone is the pregnancy hormone. And if your progesterone is low, you're going to have a really hard time getting pregnant. And so we have so many women that are having fertility struggles that get their hormones tested, their progesterone is low. There's things that we can do to help balance out those levels and then boom, they're getting pregnant. Yeah. It's like a lot of women are just told this infertility diagnosis or it's unexplained and yeah, they've been given all the tests and all the stuff, the standard stuff. Mm -hmm. But again, there's this whole other world of things that no one suggested unless you dip your toe into the more integrative or functional medicine route where we're looking at a lot more factors and you're going to be offered, you know, you know, more options to get answers, but. And provided support by like, not to toot our own horns, but like in our family business, like we genuinely care so much about each and every one of our clients. Like our mom who started this business is the most passionate person you'll ever meet about hormones. Like it is not a show. It's literally. Oh, we live it. (laughs) We live it and breathe it every day. It's like when we are together for any like trip holidays, she just can't stop talking about it. Oh yeah. We have to like 
set a rule that like, we have to have like a cutoff. We need to not, but yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have started this business if I hadn't had our mom help me through hormone imbalance issues. Yeah. I got so like lit up by my life changing from testing, making these small adjustments. And in many ways they're big adjustments, but to me it was very, uh, doable, manageable, and it made a quick difference in my life. And then not only that, but the number of women we've seen our mom help throughout our lives before we were even interested in this industry at all. Like I didn't think I'd ever want to do this, but it was going through the experience myself, just going through the experience. A bunch of my girlfriends mentioning to me hormonal symptoms. They didn't know anyone at the time that was focused on this, getting her on podcasts, getting this feedback from so many women that they're struggling, that no one's really helped them, that they haven't been offered any other kind of testing or any sort of natural approach advice. And just seeing this ripple effect of how life-changing it is for so many women to just start diving more into this realm. And so, yeah, we couldn't, we, we naturally are just worked up about it because of how much it's helped us, helped our friends, helped so many clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a piece of the puzzle. It's not like you know, it can lead to something else. But yeah. then you figure out like, it's not always just hormones or just gut, like, you know, or just headaches or just stress. And like, it's important not to get down on yourself when you have, like, I could very easily go into like a hole and be like, Oh, why me? Like, why is this happening to me again? Like, and sure. I've had moments where I felt that and I've been like, why? Like I do everything right. Like, I don't understand, you know, like I've cried and cried like in Josh's arms multiple times oh, yeah. when I'm like in my darkest days. But like, I also feel really proud of myself for all the changes that I've made and all I'm like this little like detective into my own body. And I always yeah. say that to clients, like become your own compassionate detective, like be kind to yourself and be always like educating and empowering yourself. And like, I tr- I'm always open to trying new things, you yeah. know? And like, I always am optimistic. I'm like, this might be it, you know, like this might help and I'm willing to to do it. I'm willing to to do it. And I learn something every single time and it helps me help other people too. And same for you. Like, I I just feel like this is the way of the future, hopefully, but still, unfortunately it's not mainstream. And And not enough things are covered by insurance. Oh, absolutely not. It's the biggest frustration of all. Like, why don't we have more of these services tests covered because a lot of what is covered doesn't always make a big difference. No. Best way to use insurance is when there's a catastrophe or when you actually are already sick. Yeah. Not the preventative, you know, forms of or tools that really help you stave off disease and keep yourself in, you know, good standing. So you don't need that surgery or whatever. Like a lot of this is about prevention. So it is. And I would just say like as I'm getting into my late thirties, it's, you know, you got to think about this. Like if you're in your early twenties, there's so many things that like we brush off when we're younger. I mean, like, I don't need to deal with this now, but like deal with it now because it's going to yeah. prolong as our mom always says your lifespan or your health span, which is more important than lifespan. You know, it's how are you living your life? Yeah. And at the older that you get, it's like, all of the actions that you take while you're younger, they compound and they compound. And the the longer that you don't listen to your body and take action and become that compassionate detective into your own body, you know, the harder it's going to be down the line. So, you know, reach out and utilize 
the free support that is out there. I mean, there's so many incredible podcasts. There's so many incredible educators. There is a lot out there that you can get for free to just start somewhere, Yeah, you know? And like, that's why we still do this podcast is like, we don't make a cent off this podcast. Yeah. We really don't do it to like grow it, to make money. We do it because we love to share this information and we love to connect and hopefully help inspire others um, to become advocates for their own health. So if you're enjoying the podcast, it really would mean a lot for us to have you leave a review and a rating and subscribe. We don't, we don't push it that much, but it is one of the ways that we are able to reach more people. Yeah. And we did get our first bad review. We got a bad review. <laughs> We've only had one oh, bad review. One and bad I remember review. the day we got it, my heart just sank and it bothered me all day long. And it's so funny because I think it's, it's the only one star review we've gotten. And it said so much talking, so little content. Get to the point. Which it's like, didn't it say get to the point? Yeah, get to the point. It's like, okay. Well, it is a podcast podcast about talking and I think we do give good content, but I also do think that like, you know, we're not all born to be podcasters. This is like a a communication form that you got to master. And I think we're, we're, we're always talking to each other about how we can improve approach the next podcast or improve, but you know, you also fall into your normal communication sort of style when you're interviewing people you 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 go into what what's most comfortable for you and so we hope that you're enjoying what we're putting out there and if you are and you don't think it's just a waste of time (laughs) give us a um, and we're sorry if we talked too long about blood in the beginning oh yeah yeah that was a poor start but hey I'm just proud of Jess that she's showing up for me. Well, I'm proud of you. We have a needle. We have an appointment with my needles coming up here in 10 minutes. Oh gosh. (laughs) We got to get going to that um, before dinner, a little pre-dinner stick it in. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. It's so crazy. Last night, Jess has her um, adorable dog crash. um, And as Jess was getting ready to jab me in the stomach, She like had, she knew that something was going on and she like came over and like fully jumped on me and was like, very, well, she, like was she, crying. Was, she was she crying. She was like super worried about she you. She almost like knocked the needle out of your hand. I know. It was really weird. Like she had a sense that something was going she on. She was like, this isn't, this isn't right. Yeah. It this was really right. weird. I mean, obviously she can see that, but I don't know. God knows what dogs are. I thinking. don't know. But anyway, I, I always say Prush is very intuitive. I really she, feel like she, she is. Yeah. She's very, very intuitive. She is. Um, but we, yeah, we're just trying to be ourselves and we just hope they, <laughs> we're just sitting here like having to pee so I'm bad. Just too. trying to be me. We, and yeah. you were saying like, I have to pee every, every oh, hour. And yeah. I was like, I, I'm going to pee my pants. Right I now. know. I know. I was going to press pause, but we didn't. I was about um, to say I need to press pause. We got to go. We got to go. Well, yes. we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, reach out to us. If you've got any um, topics, things you want to hear more of, I think we've got some good guests coming up. Um, really enjoying yes. the interviews we've been doing. So I know, stay tuned. Thank you for sticking around. We appreciate yep. it. Thank you for listening. And remember, we haven't done this in a while, but even, even if, if nothing, nothing feels right today, today, you tuning into this podcast and opening your mind is enough. Change doesn't happen overnight. So be patient and kind with yourself and good things will come. We'll see you next time.